welcome back to the Sozo Ministries International Offices here in Mbala, Uganda. My name is Scott Ingram. I am the Apostolic Overseer of Sozo Ministries International. Today is October the 12th, 2020, and this is your Monday message. I hope everything is going well wherever you are. Uh, yesterday was the first day I've gone back to one of our village churches for an actual church service. As most of you know, I've been traveling around doing some training for health and safety protocol, those things with the coronavirus. But yesterday was the first time I've gone back to a church service and we drove up to our church in Sissy Valley at the top of the mountain up. I'm not sure if it's Mount Elgon or if it's a different mountain, but up in the mountains. And uh, it was a beautiful drive in the morning, uh, mud on the road. And then we uh, told them we have to have a, a service and then we have to leave quickly. We're not going to be able to stay in fellowship because it is raining like crazy here. And so I was worried we would get stuck on the mountain, but we did make it. Um, if I was going to share a testimony, I was praying the whole time we were at the church, God withhold the rain until 3 p.m. Let us get completely off the mountain before uh, it starts raining. They told us that it had been raining about 10 or 11 every morning. And so it didn't rain. It sprinkled a little right after church, but it was we were okay. And then when we got back to Mbali about 3.30, they called us and to make sure we got home safely. And they said at about 3 o'clock, it started pouring rain. And so uh, God protected us. A um, little bit of issue with the vehicle, but that's normal in the villages. So uh, it was a great service, though. I was, I was very happy to be back in, in church, in fellowship, preaching, and those things. And so, uh, again, you know, as Christians, we do things with wisdom, but we're not hiding from this uh, sickness, this virus. We're not living in fear. And so it was a really good day for, for me personally and my own um, contentment, I guess you can say. So anyways, I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a great service yesterday uh, wherever you are. If you're in the Pastors Fellowship on our Facebook page, our, one of our Facebook groups, uh, we threw out the question, what are you preaching? What did you share on yesterday? I'd still love to hear your answers there. And so if you are a pastor or a church leader, um, it's not for church members. You do have to answer some questions before we approve you to that group. Um, but but if you are a pastor or a, a, a high-level minister in your church, you know you can be a worship pastor, a youth pastor, whatever, um, then we'd love to have you in that group. But we, we do try to keep it to ministers only. So I'm sorry even to Sozo church members who we have turned away from that group in the past. What I want to share this morning is actually something very fresh. It's something uh, I started thinking about yesterday, and then this morning God has really just been speaking to me. And uh, there are a few scriptures I could have brought to you. I'm not going to take you to all of them. I don't want to waste a, a ton of time um, just reading familiar passages to you this morning. Um, but but I, I will. I like what Galatians chapter 4 says. I want to talk for a few minutes about sonship, about being a son or a daughter, but a son of God. Um, and so Galatians chapter 4 talks about our adoption in Christ. Verse number 1 says, I mean that an heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he's under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Um, and then I'm going to jump ahead because I'm not getting into the theology of, of our inheritance really at the moment. So I'm jumping ahead. Uh, but verse number six says, because you are sons, 
God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And so there's a theological principle that, that talks about when you're born again, when you get saved, um, you, you don't become a servant of God, uh, although you serve. You don't become a servant of God. You become a son. And we see that you know, very famously in the story of the prodigal son. Again, I'm not going to read that, that story to you today. Um, but in the prodigal son story, uh, you know, the older brother is home and he's trying to do everything right to win the father's affection. And the younger son, he wants his inheritance and he leaves and he, he blows through it on um, corrupt living. And, and then he comes back and he says, I'm going to go back with an attitude of a servant. God, uh, God not God, sorry. Dad, I, I, I'm sorry. I've wasted everything. I've, I've abused you. I've done everything wrong. Let me come back to your house as a servant, as a slave. And, and let me serve you like any other worker and just pay me a wage. And so he comes back with the attitude of I'm going to work to earn, you know, my, my favor with my dad. And you know, the story, the father comes running down the road, hugs him, puts the, the ring on his finger, the best robes, shoes on his feet. All of those are, are identifiers of a member of the household, a member of the family. <clears throat> and, you know, the ring would be the signature ring that you would stamp in wax, the signet ring. You'd stamp in the wax when you mailed a letter. It gives you the authority to, you know, talk to bankers, take a loan, give orders for the family. Um, the robe would have been the family colors that identify him as a son. The, you know, servants didn't wear shoes, and so him putting shoes on his feet. All of those things are identifiers that he was a son and not a servant. And here's what I feel like God is showing me this morning. And, and there's a reason for it, and I won't go into the reason right now. Um, there's a reason these things are on my mind about the difference between a son and a servant. Um, but God really started showing me three things. And so I, I want to look at being a son, being a servant, but I also want to look at being a guest. Um, because I think those are probably, we've added the guest category into the way Christians come to church, the way we interact with God. And I just want to talk about the mindsets of those three things, being a guest, being a servant, or being a son. Um, and so I was thinking about like when you have a guest show up at your house, uh, they, they have full advantage of everything you have to offer. It's, it's like free gifts. They don't come in working. They don't come cleaning your, your bathrooms and working in your gardens and, and doing that. When they're a guest, they might help serve themselves you know, so if you're cooking dinner, they might help cook dinner. If you're washing dishes, they might help. But they don't come in to work in your home. They are there as guests um, for fellowship. And so we pour everything out that we have on our guests. You know, if you come and you're a guest in my home, you're going to eat the best food that we have to offer. Better than what my kids get when we don't have guests. You know what I'm saying? You always try to put the best out before your guests. And the guest comes in with the attitude of, I'm not the one in charge. I'm not here to serve. I don't live here. I get to relax. I get to rest. I get to take advantage of their hospitality for whatever period of time. But, but here's the thing. Guests go home. Guests do not get to live in your home. And so uh, I feel like a lot of people, when they interact with God, they want to come in with the mentality of a guest, of I don't have to do 
anything. I just get to sit back and let the blessings roll and God's going to take care of me and I have no responsibility whatsoever. I don't have to change anything that I'm doing, any of my bad habits. You know, he's going to give me grace. He's going to pour out on me and I have to do nothing. And a lot of people interact with God as a guest. But the the point of what I'm what I want to point out when I say guests go home is that if you're a guest, you might get some benefits of, of coming close to the relationship, of temporarily entering the house, but you don't belong. It's, it's not your family. It's not your home. And, and so you're still an outsider. Guests, while they get the best of what the family has to offer, they're also shielded from a lot of the family life. If there's an argument going on between a husband and wife, they don't do it in front of the guests. The guests don't get to experience real life in the home. They don't get to experience uh, what it means when there's a disagreement. They don't get to experience what it means to have to go to work and earn and and struggle to pay the, the family debts, the family bills. They'll have their own issues. They'll have their own things at home. But I'm saying when you have a guest in your home, you hide those things from them. Because as much as we love our guests, they don't belong. They're not part of our family. They don't live in our home. And the problem is some people want to come in as a guest into God's household, and they want to experience all the benefits, all the good things, but they don't want to get involved. And they also want shielded from anything else. They don't want to have to learn and be discipled and pray and and do all the things. They don't want to have to deal with repentance. That's a big one. You know, no, God gives me grace. He forgives. I don't have to repent of anything. But they also limit themselves in relationship to the body of Christ. They don't want to disciple others. They don't want to get involved in the messiness of life with other people. They just want to be a guest. They want all the benefits without any of the responsibility. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a guest in God's kingdom, it's showing you don't belong there. You're not part of the family. Eventually, you're going to have to leave. You're you're a guest. You go home. Um, The same thing. If you come and you're a guest in my house, we will take care of you. We will give you all the best we have. We will shield you from all of the negative stuff of being part of our family. But eventually, we expect you to leave. And that's not being unkind. That's not being ungracious. But you're not part of our family. So you go back to your family where you belong. The second thing, and and it's kind of what's alluded to in Galatians chapter 4 and what the prodigal son story talks about, is coming in as a servant. Now, a servant comes in with the attitude of, I don't deserve anything, so I'm going to work. I'm going to be the one that deals with the messiness of the family so that I can earn my right to stay. They can't come in a guest because guests go home, but servants, they come in with expecting to be able to stay long term. So they do clean the toilets and wash the dishes and work in the garden and do all of the messy things that the family doesn't want to deal with all of the time. We have some people that help us out in our house because we do or have been blessed. And, you know, part of the cultural expectations is if you're blessed, you bless others. And so we, we have a lady who comes and serves in our house a few days a week. She comes in. The first thing she does every morning is she cleans any dishes remaining from the night before. And then she shares in what we have. She takes breakfast here. She takes her tea. She, she sets down. She enjoys our house. She enjoys 
being there, but then she goes back to work. She washes clothes, she sweeps, she mops, she cleans the house. She's here and we love her. She's a friend. I'm not putting her down in any way. She's amazing, but she's in our home as a servant, not as a family member. And what that means is, again, the day you stop serving, you stop reaping the benefits. You stop getting your paycheck, for example. If you stop doing your job, you don't get paid. And the other thing is, if you stop serving the way you're supposed to be serving, you also have to go home. And a lot of people have the alternate understanding of the gospel that, that says, well, it can't be grace. I can't come in for free and just enjoy God's benefits. There has to be some work. There has to be some responsibility. So they come into God's kingdom as a servant. And God, I'll do whatever you say. I'll repent of every sin. I'll never touch that again. I'll never go there again. I'll never say or do or think those things. I will serve you with everything. I will read the Bible every morning for an hour. I will pray at 3 a.m. every day. I will be in church five days a week for lunch hour and twice on Sunday. And I will, I will do whatever you ask me to do, God. Just let me have your blessing. Give me the grace. Right? Isn't that the story of the prodigal son? Both sons? The prodigal son wanted the blessing without the responsibility. He wanted to act like a guest in his father's house. He wanted all of the good stuff, but he didn't want the family messes. So eventually he left. He took the blessing and went away. But then when he comes back, he comes back saying, I'm a servant. Let me, let me serve. Let me earn my right to be here. And the father says, no, no, you're my son. And, but the older brother to the older brother is saying, dad, what is going on? How can you let this boy come back? He has abused you. He has squandered your wealth. He has wasted everything. He has made a mockery of our family name and you're throwing a party for him. Meanwhile, me, I have been here and I have served you my whole life and you've never given me a goat so I can throw a party for my friends. The older brother, too, also had the attitude, not of a son, but of a servant. He was going to work. And, and honestly, I think it might be the, the case that when the younger brother left and the older brother is remaining, the older brother's criticizing. But when the younger brother comes back, he knows I've messed up. I'm not a guest. I can't act like a guest. Let me act like my older brother and I'll do everything daddy says. I will serve. I will do whatever it takes to earn my way. But both of these were negative ways of thinking. Because when you're a son, you get both sides. See, a son or a daughter gets the blessing. You get all of the benefits of being the family. As much as I take care of guests that come into my house, I want to pour out on my children more than anything else. I want to give them everything their heart desires. Now, I can't, you know, like... I'm not a big wealthy man. I don't have a, a lot of things that I could do. Uh, like I don't have the ability to do things I would want to do. But I want to give my children the absolute best that I can. I want to pour out on them. But that's not every day. Withhold for their benefit, for their good. On the flip side, my children also have to work in the home. If you're a son, you're responsible for the for part your part of family life. And so my children also wash dishes and make beds and do laundry and help out in the garden and move our goats around to feed them and they take care of chickens and they do everything that servants do. 
But they do it in a different way because they're not servants. They're not here to earn. They're here as heirs in the household and everything we have is theirs. And so they're not taking care of dad's chickens. They're taking care of our chickens, our family's house, our property. And so there's a different attitude that comes with it. And so what I just, what I want to encourage us with today is what attitude are we entering God's house with? Because there are some of us, and it's, you know, one of the biggest lies of, you know, the extreme prosperity gospel of if you come to God, it's like a guest in a luxury resort hotel and God's going to bless you. He's going to give you everything. He's going to pour out on you and you have no responsibilities. And it's the same lie of the hyper grace movement that once you're saved, you never have to repent of another sin. Your sins are covered. You're forgiven. Go live your life. Do whatever you want. And some people want to come into God's kingdom as a guest to reap the benefits, but having no responsibility. Others want to come into God's kingdom as a servant, taking on the responsibility and working to earn, to try to maintain. And it, it leads to self-righteousness where you're earning your own salvation. It leads to an attitude of superiority that I work harder than anyone else. That was the older brother, right? I've served you my whole life. He thought he was better than the younger brother. And again, those are negative things. We can't come into God's kingdom as a guest or as a servant, but we come in, as Galatians 4 told us, crying, Abba, Father. We've been adopted by God. So you're no longer a slave. And I would say you're no longer a guest, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We need to understand that being an heir means we have responsibility. We do receive all of the blessings. Listen, heaven and everything heaven has to offer is our inheritance. And we get so much of that now, right? Like we get salvation. We get the Holy Spirit. We get spiritual gifts. We get healing. We get deliverance. We get so many blessings now. And, and I would even say there is a level of prosperity. God wants to bless our finances and give us wisdom in business and how we do things. We get those things. We get the benefits that guests get, but we also have the responsibility that servants have, not so that we earn, but because it's ours and we have to take care of what is ours. We have to be about the family business. We have to take care of the family household. And so I just wanted to encourage you, as you're praying this week, as you're having your devotional time, as you're talking to God in your prayer requests, in the way you speak to God, ask yourself, am I speaking to you like a servant? Am I speaking to you like a guest? Or am I speaking to you as a son? When you're asking for things, are you asking as a servant or as a guest? Or are you asking as a son? When you're reading the Bible and you're looking for your identity in Christ, where is it pointing you? Are you seeing yourself as a son adopted and loved by God and part of the family. Because the other thing is, I've fired servants and I've kicked guests out, but I'll never kick out my children as much as they can get on my nerves and need discipline. I'm never going to remove them from my family. They're always going to be my sons and daughters because I love them. They're part of me. They're part of our family, right? And so there's a difference. And so we approach God crying, Abba, Father, I'm a son in the household of God. I'm not a guest. I get to stay. I'm not a servant. Everything's already mine. I don't have to work to earn it. And if you 
have this right attitude, this right understanding of who you are as a child of God, it will change everything in how you interact with your daddy, with with Father God. It will change the way you read the Bible, the way you pray, the way you hope, the way you have faith, the way you expect. It will change the way you receive blessings from Him and how you respond when those blessings come. It will change your interactions with others inside the body of Christ, inside the family of God, and on the outside. But we have to know who we are as God's children first if we're going to live as a part of His family and abide in His household forever. And so let me pray for us. God, right now, I love you and I do thank you for sonship. I thank you that you died on the cross, Jesus, so that we could be adopted into the family of God. So Lord, would you teach us right now? Holy Spirit, would you come in and speak to us about our identity? Show us who we are in Christ and what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Lord, reveal to us where we've been acting like guests and taking advantage of your blessing without taking any responsibility. Lord, correct us. But at the same time, Father, set our hearts free from the slave mentality, the servant mentality. Help us see that we serve you because we are loved and a part of the family. We don't serve to earn those things. God, would you heal our identity and who we think we are in Christ so that we can stand and represent the family, the family of God, better than we have in the past. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. That's going to wrap us up this week. I hope this has been a blessing. Again, this is something I'm thinking about this morning. Um, There are some personal reasons I'm thinking about what it means not just to be a son, but to be a father, a spiritual father, and those things. And all of this applies. Um, But again, I'm not going to go into that. And so uh, I pray it's been an encouragement to you. And I pray the Lord speaks to you through it. Uh, If you want to connect with our ministry, the best way you can do that is on the website, sozoministries.net. Um, You can get that right here on the screen. I think it's right there. Um, And then you can uh, find out more about our ministry there. There's a link that says Get Prayer. You can submit your prayer requests. Our prayer team would love to pray for you. We're praying for people all the time. Uh, We'd love to pray for you and your specific needs. If you want to partner with us financially, that has all the information of how to do that as well. And so that's going to wrap us up this week. Until I see you again next Monday, God bless you.